Fishbonius sound design. Welcome aboard Chronosphere Fiction Streamlines. This is your pilot, Daniel French. Before we travel through our itinerant streams, I'd like to thank you for your patience in chartering today's journey. I know it was a wait. Between you and me, if every Chronosphere Fiction passenger were to go to patreon.com slash chronosphere and become a patron for about a dollar a month, we could have the Chronosphere sailing through the spectral streams a lot more often and you'd get the benefit of having your favorite Chronosphere Fiction series come to you a lot quicker. I hope you've made yourself comfortable in your cabin. It's time to journey back through the spectral stream of Generation Z as we begin Season 2, Episode 1, Dawn of the Living. Ignition. Dead Zone 6, on the outskirts of Porterville. This looks as good a spot as any. Here, let me get these off of you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, what are you waiting for? Just... just go. What? Go! Run! Get out of here! Are you kidding me, George? What the fuck is wrong with you lately? You taking after your sister? Roberts ordered you to- I know he gave me an order, but he doesn't have to know. Nobody does. You don't have to... to... Die? I already did. What do you not get about that? Burn. Where am I gonna go, huh? Right back into Porterville? To the forest? To live with the little woodland creatures forevermore? Or maybe I should just apply for citizenship with the UDZ. I don't know. Go wherever you want to. Wherever you'll be safe. There was nothing more to my life than the lifeguard. And now I don't even have that. What about me? What about you? You had me. And you still do. <sighs> what? Do you think we're gonna elope or something? Look, you saved me once already, and that was one time too many. Isn't that enough for you? It doesn't have to be this way, Leanne. I don't have to do this. Disobeying orders is insubordination. It means death if they find out. I know. So you're saying you'd betray the lifeguard just for me? You'd abandon them just to save a zombie? George... You're not just a zombie. Not to me. Jesus, seriously. What happened to you? Listen to yourself. You used to love the lifeguard. You wanted to be a decorated guardsman so bad. You had so much fun shooting the walkers when they wandered into the living zone. We both did. You remember? Of course I remember. You remember how we met? George, what? Do you? Yeah. We were both, like, five or six. We were playing in the woods 
by the cabin you and your family lived in. We were both pretending to hunt zombies and... Uh... When we ran into each other, we both thought the other was a zombie, so... You started throwing rocks at me. I started swinging a stick at you, and... Uh... When we started bleeding, we knew we were alive. And my dad was so proud while he bandaged us up. Two sprightly new cadets for the lifeguard, he said. After that, we were inseparable. See, you're not a corpse. You're... You're you. You're Leanne. Like you've always been. Like I've always been? Well, besides the gunshot in your forehead, but... You know what I mean. You're the person I grew up with. The person I love. Look, George... I understand you don't want me to go, but you have to think about what I want, if it still matters to you. And I know it does. I don't want to be like this. I never did. And I'm not going to stay this way. That's all there is to it. There's no other option for either of us. I'm sorry. Give me the gas. George. Let go. Here. I'll do this much. You do the rest. Please. Leanne. I'm ready to go. There's nothing left for me. I... I truly wish I could stay with you. And with the lifeguard. And live. But it's... It's just the end of the line. But it doesn't have to be for you. Robert's promoted you for a reason. Please, I want you to follow orders. I want you to stay strong and stay with the lifeguard and be the best soldier you can be. Do it for me. Don't forget about the cause just because you lost some comrades along the way. Use that to remind yourself why we fight. It's the great struggle, George. We always knew there would be casualties. I... I can't do this. Please, George. I'm asking you. Do it because you love me. I do love you. I love you too. I gotta go. I can't... I, I can't stay for this. Goodbye. Goodbye. Lifeguard forever. Long live the ULZ. Lifeguard forever. Long live the ULZ. Living Zone 1. A cell beneath the Consular Palace. Jesus. God damn it! Hello, Mr. President. You. Still upset, Mark? I understand. But it's not me you should direct your ire at. After all, who's really to blame in this situation? You misled me all along. You've lied to all the UDZ for years. You lied to the UDZ. But you didn't know any better. Besides, 
I'm under no obligation to be truthful with zombies, or even fair to them. I protect the interests of the living, Mark. It's about time you faced that fact. That truth shouldn't have been so difficult to arrive at, now should it have? It's... it's treachery. It's deceit on a national scale, but the truth will come out, and whatever you've got planned, I swear you won't get away with it. I already have. The plan is in motion, and nothing is going to put a stop to it. The ULZ and the UDZ will be at war again within the week, just in time for the centenary of the Great Transition. And this time, the living will win, and the dead will fade away. Yeah. You're nothing but a bloodthirsty lunatic. You're gonna extinguish the lives of millions in both our countries for a war you know you can't win. Oh, on the contrary. I know I can. And there's really nothing that your army can do about it. We've got the upper hand now. What are you talking about? Just some simple breakthroughs in chemical and biological warfare. For so long, the dead have thought themselves eternal, invincible. But now the lives of zombies are even more fragile than those of the living. Soon enough, you may see for yourself. You going to kill me? <laughs> Certainly not. You've proven immensely useful for our purposes thus far. I have a feeling you'll remain as such. You see... There's a lot more we expect from you, Mark. Forget it. You're through using me. I'm, I'm not your fool any longer. Keep me down here for as long as you want. I, I'm never going to play into your hands again. Ah, yes. Apologies for these dank quarters. Temporary, I assure you. Your arrest was necessitated earlier than anticipated. At the moment, we're outfitting a far more comfortable room worthy of a president for your house arrest. I think you'll find it adequately opulent. You're not gonna buy me either. There's no further business between the two of us, Nathaniel. That's what you think. Unfortunately, it's not a matter of choice any longer. What are you planning on doing? Torturing me? Starving me? You can't do any more to me than you already done except kill me. So go ahead. Drag me out into some public square and burn me alive for the cheering crowd just like President Rhodes. History repeats itself. You'd like that, wouldn't you? For your legacy to be set in stone with some semblance of honor. A martyr for peace, just like Rhodes. No. There's more the ULZ needs from President Knox. And you're going to deliver. Or else what? You've already threatened my people with war. There's nothing more you can use against me. You don't think so? Oh, Mark. Always so easy to surprise. I'm starting to think you're just a little naive. Let's see. What's the time? What does that matter? Well, you've got another visitor on the way. Oh, do I? Yes, a very special guest. Someone who just might give you an idea of how alone you truly are. A friend of mine? No, a friend of mine. Hello, Mark. 
Mr. Consul. Hello, Danton. Nice of you to join us. Well, DZ-1's orders. I suppose I should have known. Yes, you should have. But you were too wrapped up in your little virtues and insulated by your ego. Peace, brotherhood, interzonal cooperation. All I had to do was parrot you louder than anyone else to earn your trust. How long? How long? Well, it depends. I've been working with the government of the UDZ for around 25 years now. Your administration for 10. And I've been serving the ULZ since the apocalypse a hundred years ago. I was infected in the Second Interzonal War. I volunteered to be LZ-1's dead man on the inside. The ULZ has never known a more effective agent. For all intents and purposes, it was him who was president of the Dead Zones since you appointed him your chief of staff. Ah. I let you close to my family, you son of a bitch. And it was the best thing you could have done for them. Oh, you, you son of a bitch. If you so much as a hair on their heads is harmed, I'll... You'll what? Would you cooperate then? Don't you dare hurt my family. I swear to God, I'll kill you myself. Burn you to the ground. That's not a very nice thing to say to the man who saved your daughter's life. Ah, uh, what? What the hell are you talking about? I have resurrected your daughter, Mark. I brought Marie back from the dead. Marie, it, it, it was you? But how, how on earth could you... It's finally happened, Mark. We've cured the syndrome. And your daughter is a perfect example of the vaccine's effectiveness. I gave her the gift of life, Mark. You should be kissing my feet with gratitude. We gave her that gift. And we can take it away also. No. Now that her nerve endings are functioning again, we really can hurt her. As much as we wish. You remember what pain feels like? You sick bastard. Your wife, too. Charlotte? Did she? She hasn't received the vaccine. Not yet. But we're hoping she'll choose to. Eventually. We're expecting plenty of zombies to choose that option. When we make it available to them. This is insane. It, it, it can't be true. You held Marie in your arms. Felt her warmth. Her heart beating once again. It's the truth. It's more. It's the future, Mark. Zombies are soon going to die out as quickly as they appeared. But I shouldn't say die out. They're going to live once again. The United States will be revived at last. And you're going to be part of it all. You see, it's not my intention to simply massacre the entire population of the UDZ. I don't wish to hollow out the dead zones and rule over ashes. My objective is life. In a way, my goals aren't terribly far off from yours. <laughs> you, you, you expect me to take the, you're gonna... You have the opportunity to not only protect your family, but to save the lives of your people. To give them life. And what more could a leader possibly do? 
you'd be the most celebrated president in the history of the United States, a hero to all the living here and abroad, an icon of peace, unity, and life. We need you, Mark, to help facilitate a smoother detransition that we may get back to how things were so long ago. We can't guarantee that there won't be any casualties, but you can save so many lives that would otherwise be lost. The rebirth of the nation is at hand, and you have a chance to take part. How could you possibly refuse? No good will come from you being stubborn, Mark. For your own sake, for the sake of your family, for your very people, and for posterity, help us. You won't regret it. And America will never forget. I give you my word. How do I know what you're telling me is the truth? All you've done before today was misrepresent yourself? What is your word worth to me? How can I know you won't hurt the people close to me? That you won't go back on everything you said yet again? Well, Mark, I can assure you of this. If you say no, Danton will see to your wife and daughter as soon as he returns to DC-1. And the chance to save your countrymen from the uninhibited wrath of the living will not be extended to you again. They must know over in DZ-1 by now that something's wrong, that I'm in trouble. They know only that you're too deeply involved in negotiations to be easily reached. That's why I'm here. To ensure that you're well, and that the summit is proceeding without significant complication or irregularity. <sighs> what? What exactly is it you require of me? For now... All we need is for you to record a message for your friends in DZ-1 to put their minds at ease. Here, just read this. Uh, are you going to record me? You are being recorded. Go ahead. I'd like to assure my colleagues in Washington as well as the people of the UDZ at large that all in LZ-1 is well. Despite the incidental political and technical hurdles which prompted a necessary extension of the summit, I have been treated with respect and fairness, and I have every confidence that the Council and myself will soon reach the deal we've all been anticipating. I implore my administration and the populace to remain patient. Go on with your preparation of the celebration of the centenary and be hopeful about our shared future. I've been briefed on the raid by a rogue lifeguard unit. Wait, what the hell is this? What, what? Keep going. By a rogue lifeguard unit, and I've been assured that the commander of this unit is acting on his own initiative without orders or approval from the ULZ. The people of DZ-6 can take comfort knowing that the divisions currently headed to Embalmer's Field will repel this shameless rebel's armed assault. And I, for one, feel that a joint military action on the part of both our countries will only further cement the friendship. A cell block elsewhere? 
It's absolutely unspeakable, diabolical. I give you my sincerest condolences, but I know I can't possibly understand how one feels in your position. Defeated. Destroyed. I couldn't protect my boys. I brought one of them here to his death. I have no idea where my other son could be or how much danger he's in. I failed them completely. There's no way you could have known what you were about to face in LZ1, what sort of people you'd encounter. Yeah. And though it's no consolation, do try and keep in mind that Kevin, although a boy in body, in fact, led a very, very long life. And a happy one, I'm sure. I never should have left DZ7. Kevin would still be here if we stayed home. But you left to save your youngest son, Mr. Hobbs. That's a noble cause as any. And I delivered my other son straight to his doom. Now I have nothing left. You have your principles. You said no right to the consul's face. I know all too well what that takes. It was stupid of me. I should have just said yes. Should have done what he said. Kevin would have hated me for it, but at least he'd still be alive. But for how much longer? Until the fateful day on which you dare say no. It might not even have been that long. No one's ever truly safe around these people. To associate with the living is to face certain death. You're right, Doctor. I see that now. And I guess that's what awaits both of us. You're probably correct. So be it. I lost everything that mattered to me. Don't have much to stick around for anymore. Absolutely nothing, in fact. Well, there's a sliver of hope, isn't there? What do you mean, Schneider? Your other boy. <sighs> I have no idea about Nick. I came all this way, and I still don't know any more about what happened to him than I did the day he disappeared. He might already be gone, for all I know. Then, for all you know, he may still be with us. If they truly had him in their clutches, don't you think they'd reveal that to you? Don't you think they'd be using him as a further leverage? In flesh and not in name only? I don't know. Maybe. Unless they already did to him what they did to, you know. Perhaps. But it would be foolish of them to throw away their collateral before playing their hand. Call me an optimist, Mr. Hobbs, but I will say this. I don't think they have your other son at all. I don't think they even know where he is themselves. Why are you... Now that we know they're listening, why let them in on any sensitive conversation? Oh, Come up to the bars. I think that the bugs are in the far walls of our cells. You think my other boy's all right? Knowing them, I think they're bluffing about your son. Otherwise, they'd give you something, just a glimpse to demonstrate to you that he's in their grasp. They've shown you nothing, and so inadvertently, they've revealed too much. They go to such great lengths to bring you here, but they've somehow unable to tell you where Nick is or what's become of him. If they manage to bring you to LZ-1 through trickery alone, why should they have any difficulty shipping a zombie supposedly in their custody to the capital? I don't know. I just don't know. All they've offered you in regards to your other boy is empty threats. Empty? No, Doctor. They've made it abundantly clear that they'll make good on their threats. Be that as it may, but does it make sense that they'd have gone to such extremes with Kevin but then chosen to pull their punches with respect to Nick? Frankly, Doctor, none of this makes sense to me. It's all one terrible, confusing ordeal. I can appreciate that, Mr. Hobbs. But for now, at least, it may be too soon for you to lose heart completely. Even if Nick's out there somewhere, there isn't shit I can do locked up in here waiting for my execution. Pardon my French. That's quite right. The whole fucking thing is getting on my nerves as well, which is why I've decided there's no use in sulking in here until we expire. What are you talking about? You see, they've made the mistake of imprisoning two desperate men with little to lose next to each other. So? One such man is but a lonely malcontent. Two, however, once they put their heads together, now that's a conspiracy. And as the consul has taught us, conspiracies topple countries. 
What do you propose, Doctor? Dead Zone 1, Marie's Quarters Within the Pentagon. Rock-a-bye, baby, in DZ-1. When the war is starting, this lifeguard will come. When the dead rise, they'll all be cut down. And life will keep going, no zombies around. just got her down for a nap. Oh, look at her. That's adorable. How goes it, Mrs. Knox? Oh, fine, fine. Just stopping by to pay another visit to my little princess. I miss her every minute we're apart. How is she? I couldn't get away to see her yesterday. Had my hands full with everything. (laughs) I understand. I imagine there's much to do with the centenary just stays away. Rest assured, she's perfectly well-adjusted to life here and to life in general. She was just fine the other day, though she did happen to inquire about her mother. But aside from that, very happy, very energetic, as always, and more talkative than ever. Oh, yes. She's such a smart one. Knows so many words for her age. And she's shooting up like a beanstalk. It's like she's making up for all that growing she missed out on in a real hurry. What's the matter, dear? I just wish your daddy was here to see it all. Daddy? Oh, dear. Oh, that's all right, Mrs. Knox. It was her second nap of the day. Hi, Marie. How's my pumpkin doing? Mama! Forgive me for asking, but has there been any news in regard to your husband and LZ1? No, unfortunately. They're still trying to make contact with him, and we haven't heard from Danton. We don't know when he'll be back. I'm, I'm worried. I just hope he's so right. I'm sure he is, Mrs. Knox. I think he'll be back before you know it. Oh, you're getting big for Mama. Daddy? I'm sorry, darling. Your daddy's still away doing very important work. He'll be back real soon, and I know he'll just be overjoyed to see his favorite (laughs) little bunny rabbit. Mama, Mama. Yes, sweetie? No more poke. Poke? What do you mean? She's probably referring to the tests the doctors administered. Oh, yes, I suppose so. Well, Marie, no more poke. No more tests for you. Dr. Griggs told me they're all done, so you can go home now. Home! You're taking her back to the White House? Yes! I wanted to surprise her. She's obviously very pleased about that, almost as much as I am. It'll be so nice to have you back with Mommy at home. Zombie house! Are you sure that's a good idea, Mrs. Knox? What do you mean? Why wouldn't it be? Well, the doctors, they have no answers and no explanation for what's happened to her, let alone any way to reverse it. That's the thing. They've done all they can do. They're no more pleased about it than I am. But everything's been inconclusive. We all wanted answers, but they just couldn't come up with any. Shouldn't we keep her just a little while longer? Well, I'm sure there are more tests they can run, more 
studies to conduct purely for the sake of future research. That's not necessary. They've already collected samples of her blood, her skin, her hair. They don't need her here to continue their research. You know, I'm starting to think you want Marie all to yourself. Don't you think we should first consult with President Knox or Mr. Danton before we transfer her? After all, it was them that made the arrangements for her and supervised... Well, I'd love to speak with both of them, especially my husband, but they're in LZ1 at the moment. But I'm sure Mark would agree with me that there's simply no reason to keep her here any longer. Well, there is one. Is there? Do you think it's wise to put her in a position in which her condition will become known to the United Dead Zone? Is zombiedom ready for that? Margaret, I don't know what's gotten into you, but I can't keep Marie hidden from the public eye forever. I won't. That's just cruel to stow her away like some unsightly and wanted animal and just because she's alive. She's my daughter, damn it, and I know what's best for her. Oh, hey now, it's all right. Mommy's just a little grumpy at Margaret is all. It's okay. Who's Mommy's little girl? Me. That's right. And Mommy's little girl gets all the kisses she wants. <laughs> I am sincerely concerned, Mrs. Knox, that you are being far too hasty. We don't know how people will react. It may be dangerous for both of you. That is absolute bunk. My precious little girl isn't about to stir anybody up to a frenzy. Mark was right. They'll see her for what she is and accept her. It was silly to think otherwise. The dead aren't savages. Besides, we can finally put all that nonsensical speculation from the news media to rest. Mama? Yes, hon? Oh, no? Yes, Marie. Let's go home. I'll send someone for your toys. Well, I could bring them to the White House for you, Mrs. Knox. Margaret, your services are no longer required. Bad, Margaret. I've been thinking, and Marie just isn't a baby anymore. And I would never, never miss out on the opportunity to raise my daughter as she grows up. Very well, Mrs. Knox. I hope you don't come to regret these decisions. You know, Margaret, you make me wonder sometimes. I've done a lot of wondering about you lately. When Marie started showing the symptoms of life, it was you who was spending more time with her than anyone else. And when they kept up and we sent her here, then you were spending even more time with her. And then just the other day, I remembered who it was that recommended you to the family as a nurse for Marie in the first place. Who was that? Mrs. Knox, I don't... Who was it, Margaret? It, it was Mr. Danton. Oh, oh. But I don't, I don't see what this has to do with anything. And I resent your insinuation that I'm somehow responsible for Marie's present state. I didn't say that, did I? But I have my hunches. Danton, bad. And I have my friends, too. You... You felt it was necessary to bring the Secret Service with you? Well, you did tell me I was in danger. Hello, Mrs. Knox. Good to see you, General. General! Margaret Donahue? Yes. Would you mind coming with us and answering a couple of questions? No, not at all. Come on, Marie. Let's go home. 
Dead Zone 6, the zonal capital in Embalmer's Field. Ladies and gentlemen, please, one at a time. I'll answer as many of your questions as possible. Just please settle down. Governor Lewin, what are your thoughts on the recorded comments from President Knox received by DZ1 earlier today? The mayor and I both found his message reassuring, although from it we learned nothing essentially new. What Knox had to say is more or less a reiteration of what we've heard already from DZ1. Simply remain calm, do not panic. The situation is an isolated one which has been effectively contained and is being dealt with speedily by the governments of both the living and the dead. Have you personally spoken with the president in regard to this ongoing affair? No. President Knox remains thoroughly occupied with negotiations with the ULZ. However, I am confident that they know what they're talking about over in Washington and are working tirelessly to resolve the situation. What's known about this lone lifeguard unit which has besieged Porterville? And why are they attacking the UDZ? Very little has been made known to us. I'm not sure just how much DZ-1 knows. But we do know this, it's a relatively small unit, which leads us to believe there may be others participating in this raid if they expect to march on Embalmersfield. As for their motive, I can't speculate. The ULZ describes the commander as a madman out for blood, beyond the control of the consul and the consulate. The UDZ concurs that the actions of these rogue guardsmen are senseless and do not seem to be directed by their superiors. Over here! Hello! 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 Settle down, everyone. I can only address one of you at a time. Governor, when are the promised reinforcements expected to arrive, and where are they going to be stationed? I'm told the 40th Infantry Division is currently en route. Obviously, time is of the utmost importance. The bulk of the force will head eastward to confront this lifeguard unit directly, while contingent will be left behind to guard the city's perimeter. Can you speak to the apparent involvement on the part of the ULZ or the lifeguard in response to the attack on Porterville? I cannot. I'm not privy to the details. But public statements from Knox, DZ-1, and the ULZ have all indicated that the living will be lending arms and troops to the effort to crush the raiders. I can't give out any specifics on projected military operations, even if I knew of any. Do you think in light of a summit that this is some kind of mutiny on the part of the lifeguard? Again, I can hardly speculate on the reasons for this attack. I'll leave that to the press. But the brutal and merciless conduct of the guards on Porterville seemed to suggest, I think, that a primary objective of this raid was nothing more than the wanton destruction of property and the lives of the undead. Will those responsible for the raid, should they survive the counterattack, be brought to trial in the ULZ or the UDZ? I have no idea, but if it were for me to decide, I would try them right here in Embalmersfield. Any comments, Governor, on the sort of exodus of zombies from DZ-6 and Embalmersfield specifically since the raid commenced? People are afraid, and for that I can't blame them. Not one bit. They have families to think about, and their own well-being, and so they make every effort to remove themselves from harm's way. But I'll take this chance to echo the President and our representatives in DZ-1 in saying that while what has occurred in our very own backyard is tragic and reprehensible, there is no need for an excess of fear and alarm. We can't allow these few living to shake us to the point of despair or extinguish our hopes. Our brave men and women in uniform are on their way. 
coming not merely to dole out justice for what's been done, but to protect their countrymen with wholehearted solidarity and commitment from this disgusting, outdated, necrophobic violence. We the undead are proud, and rightly so. We will not tremble, and we will not back down in the face of this mindless, anti-zombie bullying and mass murder. We will look it in the face and defiantly refuse to flinch. It is not just the sanctity of life that must be respected, but that of death too, the undead. While the president is keen on improving relations between the UDZ and the ULZ, an improvement in the relations between our peoples must occur from the ground up. And this is not progress, this is the opposite. This is what we've seen from the living so many times before, it's more than disappointing. Do you think sanctions on the ULZ are called for, Governor? I think reparations must come first and then, as for punitive sanctions, nothing should be taken off the table at this time. Did you think President Knox displayed a certain callousness or even disinterest in brushing off the attack in favor of the summit's continuance? I don't believe the president necessarily fails to understand the gravity of this event. I simply think that he's determined to see the summit through and achieve the policies he already had in mind. I sincerely hope that whatever kind of agreement he reaches with the consular government, that this atrocity is taken into consideration and that deliberate efforts are made by both parties to prevent such horrendous occurrences in the future. Governor, what assurance of safety can you give to those who haven't already left Embalmersfield but are on the verge of doing so? Well, people are free to do as they will. This isn't martial law. But the zonal capital is as secure as virtually any location in the dead zones. The army is practically here at our doorstep. Defending against what's been described as a relatively small and not particularly well-equipped unit of pillagers, who no longer have the element of surprise, that these guardsmen would make it within even 10 miles of the city is inconceivable. Governor, I'm a little bit concerned about the security. Pardon me. Coming through. Make way. Oh, sorry. Did I step on your foot? Sorry. Excuse me. We gotta see the governor right away. Who the hell are these people? My god, she's in a lifeguard uniform. She's alive! I'm not she's part not of the, the lifeguard. lifeguard. Where's security? Please, we've gotta to speak to the governor right now. Seems that there's a disturbance of some sort. Could we please get security on that? Hey, get your mitts off me. I'm a sheriff, an officer of the law. We gotta talk to the governor, it's urgent. Sir, don't you know that we're in the midst of a press conference here? We're in the middle of asking questions. Yeah, well, I'm thinking we just might be able to answer some of them for you. We've just come from Porterville. We barely got away. We're refugees. This little girl here can tell you what you want to know about the raid. And much, much more. Please, settle down. Everyone restrain yourselves. George Cooper is voice acted by J. Dean Garcia. Leanne was played by Alexis Bird. President Knox is Van Riker. Hansel Nathaniel is voice acted by Blake Benlin. Benjamin Danton is Zachary James Machias. 
Dr. Schneider is Rod Diaz. Mr. Hobbs and General Adams are voice acted by Warren Clark. Charlotte Knox and Samantha Cooper are played by Deborah Cristobal. Marie is Caitlin Curtis. Nurse Margaret is voice acted by Cindy Stevens. Governor Lewin is Catherine Skinner. Mrs. Cooper, a.k.a. George and Samantha's mom, is played by Kathy Lieberman. Nick Hobbs is voice acted by Spencer Frederick. Sheriff Dietz is played by Daniel French. And our very interesting reporters were voice acted by Blake Benlin, Van Riker, and Rosanna Jimeno. Generation Z is written by Blake Benlin. Production, editing, sound design, and music are Daniel French of Fishbonious Sound Design. That wraps up the first chapter of the second season of Generation Z. Until your next ride on the Chronosphere, keep your cosmos clean.